welcome to Stop Booking Around. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm joined today by Lynn Sheridan. Now, Lynn Sheridan is a author that I have collaborated with several times. We do a podcast together. And what I wanted to talk to him about was coming up with ideas for stories, because one of the most common questions I get asked is, how do you come up with ideas for stories? Hi, John. Thanks for uh, having me on. We've been doing stuff over a year now, isn't it, that we've been kind of working together, coming up with ideas for different things? It's uh, crazy to, to think it's been that long, really. You've got a series which is basically a complete crazy mashup of genres, like it's dark fantasy and you've got zombies and vampires and alternative history stuff. So I think to some people, like, where would you come up with an idea like that? It always starts with just one point and then you find yourself asking, well, what if this happened or what if that happened? And every time that happens, you branch and you get more info and more ideas and it just kind of grows and grows and grows until you've lost control and it now has a life of its own. Do you do this in your head? Do you do this as like literally sitting down with a pen and paper and drawing diagrams or anything like that? Usually in my head, I'm kind of always receptive to ideas. So... I mean, one time I remember driving my wife to work and I noticed uh, a guy standing on a street corner. And then when I was driving home, he was still standing there in the exact same spot. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, what if everyone in the world suddenly froze where they were? And <laughs> and from there I ended up with, uh, I haven't completely finished the story, but it's a, an agoraphobe who somehow was unaffected and has to go out into the world where everyone is frozen, but they're still conscious. And it's it's dark and twisted and kind of funny at the same time. But like, the, the ideas can come from, from anywhere. And, you know, a lot of authors will always say about how, you know, you need to read, you need... I, I, more than just needing to read, you need to watch, you need to observe, you need to just be aware of everything around you. I watch a lot of movies and a lot of anime, and I think I'm always just picking up little ideas that I can expand on. Like I use Google Docs to to keep a record of most of my ideas, so I've got <laughs> hundreds of uh, plans and partially formed stories and stuff that uh, eventually I'd like to, to get to when the time is right. When you're doing your stories then, I mean, is, is there a point where you go, okay, this is an idea. Like, how, how do you get from you watching a guy who's standing on a corner to actually having a fully formed story? I mean, that, that to me is, is quite a big leap, isn't it? Getting from idea to story. That's I think that's the hard part. I think that's probably what people talk about when they go, where do you get your ideas? It's like, it's kind of not the ideas, is it? It's, it's being able to mould that into something more. Yeah, like, I mean, in, in that example, the idea is that everyone in the world is frozen. From that, like, you, even if you sort of start to think about, like, Lester Dent's ethos on, you know, how can, the, how can I make this worse? How can this get harder for the protagonist? So you, you've got this idea, and, and I was like, well, what kind of a person would be really bad in this situation? And I was like, well, maybe someone that that can't go outside is a bit anxious and doesn't like to talk to people anyway. So it's kind of their, almost their ideal situation, but at the same time, they don't know how to 
to respond to it. I mean, was it the character then that kind of came from the idea? Was that the thing? Is it like, are you kind of doing this from the point of, okay, this is an idea. How can I link this to a character? How can I link it to their conflict and their vulnerability and all that? I think this instance, definitely. And I think that's the, the thing with the ideas as well is like you start with one idea and you think this might be a story. And then a couple of weeks later, maybe you see something else and you're like, oh, well, that's a good story as well. But then the two together are an even better story. Um, so, you, you, you know, it just kind of builds on itself and grows as you uh, observe more things. I have stopped writing ideas down, to be honest. I've got to such a point where I know that if an idea is good, then it'll stick in my head and it'll keep nagging at me. And then I'll have to go and write something. But I've just had so many ideas for stories over the years that it's just pointless now. I mean, I think what, what's interesting is you can have the thing of the ideas almost coming to you passively, which is all well and good, I suppose, if you're kind of wired that way, which I think me and you kind of are. <laughs> but there are things you can do as well in order to feed that. I mean, one thing that I do every day is I read a short story, a poem and an essay. And I think if you do that, then... I can always, from that, brainstorm a story idea if I want, because, okay, maybe there'll be something in the story, a character, or there'll be a turn of phrase in a poem, and then the subject matter of an essay. You know, all these things can inspire it, but it's one of those things of you are what you consume. So I think you do need to be reading and be reading decent stuff, (laughs) or watching, you know, watching decent movies and watching them almost with purpose. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say about um, watching good stuff, but ironically, watching bad stuff can actually be really useful as well. Okay, yeah, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take The Giver, for example. Yeah, okay. So on the um, Otaku on Writing podcast, which is a podcast we do with uh, another author called Killian Carter, we essentially brainstorm. They've all been science fiction stories, really, haven't they? But kind of speculative stories... Yeah, um, we'll watch an anime movie or a TV show, and then dissect it, see what we can learn as storytellers, and then see what we can come up with, and then write the stories. So I think we've just launched what our fifth collection based on this. Yeah. So that's quite amazing, really. <laughs> but yeah, the bad movie, which was the guy that well, it was a bad TV show, the guy that I think has inspired stories that I definitely enjoyed writing the most so far. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's interesting. Actually, I take back. <laughs> you know it needs to be good watch bad stuff and because you can see it's almost obvious what they're doing wrong and then you can make it better yeah they've obviously got to the point of being made into a tv show or a movie so that you know something in there has got to be resonating if you can work out what that is and do something useful with it i mean i watched uh, one series recently where the hero has been somehow summoned back in time to almost like Norse mythology. But he's still got his smartphone and can access the internet. <laughs> but he, he ends up becoming like a general for a clan and, and he wins battle after battle by using access to like the art of war or ancient, all the, all the sort of great military battles and wins. Mm. He's able to sort of research their tactics and, and put them into place in a time long before they existed. And this was an amazing idea, but the story itself was just flat and really badly done. 
just from watching that, I'd say, you know, let's let's look at some some old battles and, and expand those into into something really interesting. One thing I've found really good about the process of doing these Otaku podcasts is we are sitting down and watching these. I mean, to be honest, it seems like we've just been going over the stuff from our youth, you know, the formative anime, uh, kind of classic anime and, and looking at those. But it's just been really interesting pulling at the threads of these ideas within the stories and just how different the stories are that we end up with. So when we did the Guyver series, which is you know about a teenage boy who ends up getting alien body armour, we turned that into a bit of a gritty space marine adventure story involving really bizarre talking armour and stuff. So, you know, we had the little nugget of an idea and then we took in a very much a different direction one of the really interesting things with the attack on writing podcast is that we're able to sort of bounce these ideas around between us so you know it's very rare that you know the first couple of minutes of the show we're like okay great here's the idea that's what we're doing um (laughs) always changes yeah 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 like we you know we we go off on tangents and we explore different ideas and different possibilities and and in the end i think we we kind of end up in you know a really good place i mean like the the street fighter 2 one (laughs) you know we we were struggling for where to go until we we came to the uh the generation ship um which has nothing and, to do with Street Fighter 2, the animated no. movie. <laughs> but it just gave us a, like a plausible setting to make this a really, you know, really interesting story and make the fights that much more significant and meaningful. I suppose this is a thing as well, is writing doesn't have to be a solitary pursuit. I found it so rewarding and just pulling things in so many different directions, actually having you and Killian kind of brainstorming and having this kind of excited conversation where we're just trying to kind of get the coolest thing we can from whatever it is we're looking at and i think that is something maybe other authors could look at is this idea of okay i have a collaborative partner it doesn't have to be that you write together but okay maybe you sit and talk about story i mean i used to do this with russ when i was coming up with ideas for the wizard of the wasteland book i was really stuck on i think it was you know basically just after the midpoint of how to get my character from one point to the other. And, you know, having just kind of bouncing ideas off someone was really helpful. Like a lot of writers, I think, are worried that if we if we share our ideas, someone else is going to steal them and, and write them before we get a chance. Good, I but, hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, well, you can... Well, I'll do it differently, and I'll do it in my yeah. own way, and it'll be better for me so yeah yeah i mean that's it like even like from the attack on writing stuff you know we're all brainstorming the ideas together but none of us have written the same story yet i think that is actually a really good lesson in don't be too precious about ideas because we're all writing from the same idea prompt and the stories are so wildly so yeah like not even remotely close to one another like and and so i think uh that's that's definitely something we can think about and and not not get too hung up about like like you say getting a a, even a small group even if it's just uh one friend or one author friend that that's willing to you know to have these little sessions and and bouncy ideas around like i um still remember our call when we were planning black death free and we'd all written our parts for black death one and two and then 
free was going to be where it all comes together. So we needed to really sit down and work out how our characters were going to go through it. And that was just like a really, a really fun and interesting session because, you know, we're all building in the same thing and trying to make the links and connect our stories. We had the world, we had the idea, we had the premise, and we were basically writing our own stories within that. But it was that, yeah, the third book is where everything's coming together and everything needs to uh, kind of start clicking together, doesn't it? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was really cool because I think what I'd got as a plot, I think actually having you two and figuring out how we could bring these ideas out actually made the story stronger. But I suppose as well it doesn't necessarily have to be other authors because, I mean, just kind of someone who's creative and interested is, is kind of enough you know what i mean because maybe someone yeah. who's interested in video games or someone who's interested in visual arts might have that kind of creative thinking in a different way it's all story in one way or another isn't it i think often computer games get sort of poo-pooed on for for not being you know classic books or stories but you know i think a lot of the story building that goes into computer games now is on a par with uh, a number of books and movies yeah i mean come on like when was the last time you had the reaction of uh Aerith dying <laughs> it's like yeah. like the story of final fantasy 7 i think was i think that turned a lot of heads in terms of storytelling and i think there are some really well told stories now in games i suppose the point is ideas are everywhere this is why I find it such a weird question is like, where do you get your ideas? It's like we live, we can go outside and look at a rock and think, oh, what if that rock was something else? Or, you know, how did that rock get there? <laughs> it's like you can yeah. literally, we program for stories. You should always be asking why and always be listening and questioning things and being curious. I think that's the key. With the Valiant Lineage series, there was a, an original short story I wrote, which was about 3,000 words, which I think now in the scheme of things has turned out to actually be book 26. I remember I'd been reading online about serials and, and then followed a number of threads and ended up reading up a lot on Lester Dent and, and all the different other sort of types of story structures and decided I was going to try and do what Lester Dent did with uh, Doc Savage and, and create a, a series with a, a character that I could sort of take through. So I decided I was going to look at some of my old stuff and see if I could find something that I could build on and, and use. And I ended up with this short story, um, which, you know, I ended up sitting down and sitting in front of uh, like a, a word document and just jotting ideas down to try and turn this 3000 word story into something much larger and i remember sitting there and i was just sort of piecing bits together and and then i had this sort of huge what if moment in the, the story and i just kind of rocked back on my chair and i was like yeah that's that's going to carry the series for well, for the, uh, a long time. So it's yeah. so in terms of this kind of thing then, so it is, I mean, I talk about on the podcast about the importance of outlining and planning and, you know, knowing where your story's going. And, I mean, have you, have you got this kind of 26-book series planned out? Have you outlined this or is it just, your, you know, seat-your-pants kind of job? Uh, so at the moment, I've got the first draft for the first 26. Right. Um, I spent 
pretty much all of 2017, well, the first half of 2017, just writing those. Um, and I was planning them in, in fours because there's kind of like a, each story has its own arc. Each four has like a more sort of complete arc. And then they all build on for the sort of the main arc. At first, I kind of envisaged it the way the the writers of Lost did in that they had their start point. They had an end. They knew a number of stops along the way, but they didn't have like the complete map at that point. So it was uh, like every time you s- sit down to plan the next one, it's like, okay, I know kind of where everyone needs to go. So I've just got to find an interesting way of getting them there. I read a book recently, the Chris Fox plot gardening book, and he's got a great analogy for this, which is like having marker posts. So it's like literally having beats along the way that you need to hit, that you know, you're heading towards. And I think that's what I've got with my Ravenglass Chronicle serial, which is where, you know, I've got the series, I know where they're going to end, but the stuff in the middle, that's <laughs> that's all still up, you know, that's all still up in the air. I know, I know pretty much when I sit down to write them, what I'm going to do, because I plan them and I outline them and... Each episode, I use a tarot card to kind of inspire it. So, again, that's another way you can use ideas. You can add some randomness. I mean, Philip K. Dick famously used, I think it was the I Ching with uh, Man in the High Castle when he was writing that. So, Luke Reinhardt did the dice for his book, The Dice Man, to plot that. Have you ever read that, by the way? I haven't, no. It's a really cool book, a really cool concept. It's about a guy who um, gives his life over to the dice. Well worth checking out. As a species, we're kind of hardwired to tell stories. It's been our way to explain the unexplainable for millennia. Um, so, you know, really, we should all have it in us to make stuff up and, and ask questions. To give you an impression of, you know, coming up with ideas for stories, do check out the Otaku on Writing podcast and then check out the stories that go with it. It's a really good way to kind of see as a practical exercise how we're getting from an idea, how we're developing it, and then how we're turning it into our own individual stories based on the idea. Because, you know, ideas, they're cheap. Anyone can have an idea about anything. It can have ideas endlessly. It's the sitting down and turning them into a story that resonates. That's the challenge. And that's why things like knowing about story structure, understanding character arcs and things like that, that's where you're kind of getting into the real nitty-gritty stuff with this kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's isn't it. The idea is not a story. The idea is a background or just an element that we put our characters through. Where's the best place to find you online, Lynn? Best place is my website, which is lynnsheridan.com. From there, you can get to my Twitter account. And I generally try and keep everything linked up. So if if you're on there, you can find me everywhere else. And if you're going to read anything, I'd start with uh, book one, The Damsel in Distress, from my Valiant Lineage series. They're novella-length serials, um, but each one is a a complete story, just building on the overall story as it works through, Um, very much like a TV series would. Yeah, and it's really good, so (laughs) do check that out. So remember, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at JL Cronshaw, and you should check out the Stop Booking Around book. So... Until next time, cheerio.